New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. It's understandable how we might be overwhelmed by various global crises, including shifting climate. How can we make a difference? Our guest today, Nikki Scully, suggests in order for humans to thrive on the planet, we must consciously evolve. Can we heal the planet by healing ourselves? How shall we use our own healing to influence global crisis? Nikki Scully has ways for us to tap into our courage, compassion, and creativity to birth a world that works for all life. Nikki Scully has been teaching shamanic arts and Egyptian mysteries since 1983. She's written many books, including Power Animal Meditations, Alchemical Healing, and co-authored with Linda Starwolf several books, including Shamanic Mysteries of Egypt. She's the creator of the CD set Becoming an Oracle and co-author with her husband, Mark Hallert, of Planetary Healing, Spirit Medicine for Global Transformation. Join us for the next hour as we explore intelligent evolution with our guest, Nikki Scully. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Nikki, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's grand to have you. Nikki, um, what do you mean? You use the term alchemy, and what, what exactly do you mean when you use that term? Well, most people think of alchemy as turning lead into gold, but what they don't understand is the lead is the prime material. It's the matter. And in our language, we say, what is the matter? What is that matter that needs to be transformed? And so the process of transformation in alchemy includes anything that's accessible. And because we're all one with nature, we can tap into the intelligence of all forms of life and bring them into the process, which usually includes the dissolution of the matter, the illumination with spirit and the intelligence of spirit, and then the rebirth of the transformed material. 
So uh, part of that is on a spiritual level, part of that is on a material level. What, what are you saying? Well, alchemical healing, the form that I created that that book is named for, it works with the physical and the spiritual world. It's a, a bringing together, it's the spiritualization of matter. So we're pretty dense, partially because we're set in our ways and we're compacted, we're stressed, we're living beyond, I think, what life was intended for us. And so what's required to have an alchemical healing or transformation through the kind of alchemy that I'm talking about is expanding to allow spirit to come in. So there's processes where we expand our consciousness and that heats up the energy which spreads out the molecules and allows the intelligence to flow in, to permeate and enter the cells. When you say we're, we're living beyond what life intended for us, what do you mean? Well, there's many levels that I'm speaking of with that. It's we steward our bodies much like we steward the earth. And consequently, we've separated ourselves from the elements. We've separated ourselves from nature. We've separated ourselves from one another. And we've lost the quality of wholeness that allows us to feel and know one another and recognize that this material existence that we've created around ourselves is not feeding us. And the pace of it is... And the stress is not feeding us. It's, it's, it's very destructive. The toxicity that's required to keep up the way we're living certainly is not serving us and is leading to new diseases and new problems. And simply put, we have to change radically in order to adapt to the poisonous environment we've created. These processes that appear in alchemical healing, and most importantly, um, our new book, Planetary Healing, Spirit Medicine for Global Transformation, are designed to connect us to our highest self, to the collective Almakua, or which the Hawaiians would call the, the high self, where we meet, we become one, and from which we're actually all directing the world and our place in it by our thoughts, by our deeds, by our statements. And yet we're so separated we don't realize 
that we, whether we know it or not, we are in charge of the future. So what you're saying is that we're acting as if we're victims to that which we are actually creating. Exactly. Exactly. And we're not. We are creators. We are part of the co-creative process that we know of as evolution. Nikki, you're not saying that to turn this ship around, to, to, to clean up the environment, to clean up our acts, so to speak, and to clean up these, these toxicities that we've created. You're not saying that we should stop that, but you're saying that there's an emergency. We need some ER treatment, some triage exactly. treatment. Exactly. We need to buy some time because we've reached, we're so, we're so close to the tipping point. And it's, yeah, we need some urgent care. My first recognition of this was when I got cancer in 1991. And as I determined how I was going to deal with that and realized that, well, it's a, it's a nuclear age. And so utilizing the technology is a good thing. So I combined my spiritual work, my shamanic work, my alchemical work with the highest technology that was available in terms of surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation. Only I did it from a shamanic perspective. And in that process, I realized that the cure, well, there's many avenues to the cure. Um, for me, it felt like a mutation. And there was many points within the six months process of my treatment and um, my experience with the cancer in my body where I actually had um, very clear glimpses of how that was working. And the magic around it, the presence required. So if you're not in a state of fear about it and you're in presence with it, then you have time to notice things. For example, um, on the uh, there was a news broadcast where they talked about just having discovered the cancer gene. And being an Ashkenazi Jew, I thought, well, you know, I don't know, but I'm a prime suspect for it. And then I just thought, well, that's an interesting thing to add to all the reasons that I thought why I might have cancer. And a few days later, the, my team of alchemical healers, because I was getting very intensive chemo, um, that they would come twice a week when I would have the chemo and, and work on me. And this one time, maybe it was the music. It was Dick Darnell's um, opening of the circle, very spiritual music that 
during the healing, I was suddenly within ceremony and found myself um, honoring the directions and then my heart flung open and I went into this spiral through my heart down to the genetic level where I found I was holding a gene in my hand. And I'm I'm a healer. I know how to take things out of a person, put things back in. But this was part of me. This wasn't something I could just simply take out. So I found myself directing love to it. And suddenly there was this domino effect. And I could feel a shift and it was like throughout my whole body. And I knew that a transformation was happening, a mutation was happening within my DNA. And at the time I thought, gee, wouldn't it be nice if I could have children to pass that on? And it wasn't until later, working on planetary healing and working with Bruce Lipton and epigenetics, that I realized that you don't need that DNA and the knowledge, the intelligence that goes into it can be passed in a number of ways. We'll talk more about that in just one moment. I'm here with Nikki Scully, and she, along with her husband, Mark Hallard, are authors of Planetary Healing, Spirit Medicine for Global Transformation. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Nikki Scully. She, along with Mark Hallert, her husband, have written a book, Planetary Healing, Spirit Medicine for Global Transformation. Nikki, we're talking about the healing that went on, the alchemical healing that went on for you in cancer. So you have some suggestions for all of us about that kind of healing. Well, it's it's pretty complex. I think the most important, the two most important things about healing from cancer is getting rid of the fear. That's number one. And there is a chapter in the book that I think is so important. It's also on my website called Transforming Fear. 
And once you've dealt with the fear, and you can do it over and over again, it's an alchemical process that's a journey that includes sulfur. And once you have burned off the fear and lightened your load, then you're clear to give the second thing, which is 100% to whatever choice you've made and to make sure that everyone around you is 100% behind your choice. Give an example. What do you mean, like a choice? Of what, what kind of choice would one make? Or well, have one, you experienced? To have a mastectomy or to um, take chemo or to do alternative. For me, it was combining everything that Western medicine had for me. Thankfully, I had insurance. That made all the difference in the world. And then what we did was we monitored that shamanically. My husband is a visionary. And every time, as we were preparing, he would observe the chemicals before, because they came into my body before they were actually injected and I wore a catheter. And so the relationships were developed. And, and so in the book, it journals how we observed the process as it was going down. And that was quite useful because I knew who my spiritual allies were and how to work with them and how to work with the medicines. The, it was an initiation by poisoning. And I determined to align myself with the poison and direct it. So you're saying everyone around you needs to be in tune with you and not in out of fear, just really supportive and and hopeful with you and, and positive with you about the choice that you as the patient has made. Because every time that you put doubt into a person like, well, that might do this or that, and they've made that decision, then that erodes their, that, that allows fear in and, and distracts from the total presence that it takes. And fear physiologically does what in our body, Nikki? Well, for me, having been through enough experiences of fear, not speaking of cancer, um, fear, fear is paralyzing. And you can't help yourself when you can't move mentally, physically, or however it and affects you. It, it seems to contract uh, your blood vessels. You, you, yeah, can't, it, you know, everything contracts and your blood isn't flowing, your oxygen isn't getting around like it. Well, it's fear is causing traffic jams. In my life, many decades ago, I had fear to the point of catatonia, so I have had some experience with, with true terror and how what kind of paralysis happens with that. And people facing cancer, I didn't have that. I didn't had to go through that. I just had to look at it and reckon with it and, and, you had and a team. go forward and I had a team to and support. And you do me. you do phone bridges now with people um, who Say something about your phone bridges, well, cancer phone bridges. My work with cancer developed. I always wanted to give back. 
And it came in the form of a healing that I did for a close friend when my husband walked in and envisioned a whole new way of looking at healing cancer, at making and honoring those cells for their power and inviting them to go someplace off planet where they could be useful and freeing them to leave the body on their own. And we would do that on these telephone phone bridges with people around the world and build this parabola in the ethers. And every person who continues adds to the power of that structure of that parabola. And so having done it for six years and having left many um, podcasts on my website of it so that people could still participate, um, it now has enough integrity that you can do it from the book because certainly we've put it in this book um, and or from the podcast and be as though you were in a circle with the exponential power of the numbers of people who throughout the years joined that circle. And Nikki, what, what you're saying too, and I know that you've mentioned this in your teachings, is that when you take something out, let's say this toxicity or this, this, this gene that's not acting in healthy ways inside the body, you can't just take it out and just throw it out. There's no way. There's no way to throw it out. You have to put it someplace. So say something about that. You mentioned that briefly. Well, this is from my alchemical healing book, and it's one of the, one of the rules. There's four principles and there's four rules. But this particular rule that you're speaking of is that you never want to take anything out of a person without honoring it and giving it somewhere to go. And why? Because there's nothing intrinsically wrong with it. There's nothing really bad or evil. It's misplaced. It's living its life, but it's not, in, it's not congruous with yours. And so if you offer it into the earth with a prayer for its transformation into its highest potential, then you're healing it different levels. But then you've taken something out of yourself, so you have to replace it because you can't leave any voids because if you leave a void there, well, either the same pattern will regrow or something that you don't have control of will take its place. How do you know what to invite in for? What's, what's a prayer or some, some sort of incantation or whatever you want to call it uh, well, that you can say that you invite back in when there's a void. The, the trilogy that includes power animal meditations, alchemical healing, and planetary healing. All, those are the three books. Those yeah. are the three books. The planetary healing is the latest. It's like you go with learning how to work with the spiritual world to self-initiating into the energy and learning the tools, everything from psychic surgery to the sucking cure, um, and all points in between, laying on of hands, um, to connect directly to the energy, the infinite source that moves through you, not from you. 
so that you never deplete yourself when you use it. And that energy is then always available to direct, to refill that place with. And then as you develop relationships in spirit and get guidance, there's further things that you can add and apply to that energy in, in refilling. So for me, I can kind of visualize it like, um, like all right, you take something psychically out of your body, mm-hmm. and um, then it's, if, it's, if it's just this void, what you might do is the spirit as a river, as this river flow that is... All the metaphors, any metaphor that works with, as long as the person that you're working with can feel it, can see it, can know it, can sometimes smell it, the more um, senses that they can apply to the imaginal realm of the shamanic journey or visualization or whatever you want to call it, the more clarity and strength of those images, the more your body accepts it as real, as your subconscious takes it in and says, oh, that's what's going on now. And so your physical body gets the signals to respond in that way. So that's a key. You have said in your teachings, and many teachers and uh, healers talk about this, that when you do a guided imagery, when you imagine something, the mind does not distinguish between the physical reality of it and the, the other reality. The subconscious mind, where all the programs are running. The conscious mind, if you, you have to pull it through your conscious mind in such a strong way that your subconscious mind believes that that's what's happening. And then the shifts happen. And there have been studies that show that people, that any things manifest on a physical level because of that, that strong subconscious belief that that has been taken in. That has been taken in, yes. That's a distinction between your faith or your belief and what's actually happening in your body and in your mind and subconscious in the moment. So, Nikki, you have mentioned something about working very closely with your husband, Mark, and that he's the visionary. He sees things, and you, you make a very dynamic team. Can you say something about how that creative process has begun for you two? Well, when I discovered quite by accident what a potent seer and visionary he is, I began to take full advantage of it. And even before then, I'm a catalyst. So my students, I would utilize what skills they had, help them learn to see and vision and distinguish what was true and what was their personal take, and then they would inform me. Well, suddenly I discovered I had a partner, and I about wore him out. And we started planetary healing pretty much as soon as we learned that he could do that. 
So and that was 25 years ago. So some of the, and, and in this, this book, it's like recipes. You have all sorts. It's filled with guided meditations. In fact, it has a CD at the end, which we'll, we'll talk about in just one moment. I want to tell our listeners that we're here with Nikki Scully, and she's the author, along with her husband, Mark Hallard, of Planetary Healing, Spirit Medicine for Global Transformation. And if you'd like to be in touch with her and to find out her podcasts and many other things, you can go to the website shamanicjourneys, with an S on the end, dot com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Nikki Scully, and we're talking about spirit medicine for global transformation. Nikki, look, we just mentioned that the, in your book, at the back, you've included a CD that has two parts to it, but the first part is a guided meditation, Can you, or guided imagery or meditation. Can you say what that is? Talk about that. Well, it's the piece that came in when it was, when the ink was barely dry on alchemical healing that let us know it was time to return to our planetary healing work and bring that to, to fruition. And um, it came in at a, a, a Women of Wisdom conference in Seattle. I had about 65 or 70 women in the room that thought they were getting alchemical healing, and they did, but it was all new, and we brought this piece in together. And part of the movement between alchemical healing and planetary healing is from one-on-one -on -one healing to group healing and global healing, where circles work together to heal, and where or individuals, it doesn't matter, but we're working on larger than individual situations. We work on wars, earthquakes, um, tornadoes, whatever, whatever's happening at the moment that, that needs to be focused on. And we're, what we realized when we created this making spirit medicine journey that day was that it had incredible potential for healing at a personal level, at a community level, and at a planetary level. So a couple of weeks later, I was doing a prophet's conference. I was teaching at a prophet's conference in Palm Springs, and I called a friend who was living in Tucson. And I asked her if she would please write a song to go behind this, write, write some music, and then meet me there, and we'd figure out a way to make it a production with my presentation. 
So she went and sat under a tree and she wrote a song. And the next weekend, she showed up in Palm Springs and a couple other friends of mine were there that could sing. And they did harmonies and we got them, there were 450 people in the room, and we got them to change it into a circle. And we built this spiritual cauldron and potentized the medicine as a group and went through all the whole ceremony that's on the CD. And there were 450 of us, and it took about half an hour. I think the journey on the CD is 39 minutes. And it was astonishing. And everybody, we, we made this spirit medicine, and then everybody drank a sip of it. And they had to actually physically swallow it for themselves, for their community, and for the planet. And they had spontaneous healings. The, you know, places where they sent it to. And, of course, we don't understand fully the effect that it has on the planet, but we know it has an effect. And everybody would drink for whatever came to them, whatever problem on the planet came for them, and they'd feel it go move out through themselves and their community and on out to wherever they were directing it. Nikki, how did you come to your shamanic work? Oh, that's a big question. It started it started in the sixties and um I actually became quite broken and then fell in love with um, Rock Scully, who was the manager of the Grateful Dead, one of the original ones, in 1969. And the Grateful Dead is a, a music group. For, I'm sure most oh, people right. know, but just just to make sure, the We're Grateful a different Dead. Generation uh, right we now. we are in, in a different generation, but a, a, a very well known uh, music group that was kind of in the the center of the music that was coming out of San Francisco at the time. And so they were the first shamans that I encountered because their music really got into you and, and changed your mind. And one thing that the dead would do is that they'll, they'll go anywhere in their music. It's not like they, they have this set set. Yeah, uh, you never written, know what you're you, going to get. They never know what they they're going to do. They never know. They just <laughs> they let it roll and they let it come through. They're like, not happening in that iteration anymore because Jerry Garcia died, died. in the 90s. Right. But um, when I was part of it, um, well, they took me to Egypt in 1978 when they did three concerts. And that was a really pivotal moment in my life. And I was so enthralled that I subsequently, in 78 and 79, took three or four trips to Egypt. And it was then when I committed to becoming a healer, even though I didn't know really what that meant. And so soon after that, I left the Bay Area and went to Eugene, Oregon, and, found, and discovered Reiki in the spring of 1981, when it was a... It was not a household word. And say what Reiki is. 
Reiki is, is a healing form that now is a household world of, of where you're initiated and then you have the life force energy moves through you and you can use it. I just want to say something about Reiki, my experience of Reiki. I've had some Reiki people work on my body and I, I was so surprised without even touching me, without actually putting their hands on my body, just holding their hands above my body, they could tell me things about my body that I would say, oh yeah, well, I had that injury when I was you know, 12 years old, or I had that, I had a horse accident here. They would know it just by running their hands above my body. They could, you could, they could feel the energy. It's interesting because Back in 1981, um, there was a very pure strand that I was connected to from Japan. Phyllis Fermoto, the world Reiki master of that lineage, the granddaughter of Takata, who created it, became my very close friend. And for her, Reiki had to remain just pure, the running of the energy and the and relying on the intelligence of the energy. It's been over time that it's developed, um, like alchemical healing, into a form that like they a lot of people call that I know call planet, um, alchemical healing Reiki with power tools, because you're required to step forward and participate as a co-creator, um, you, the person that's being healed, and spirit, and that intelligence in all the variety of forms that it comes in, mm -hmm. working together. So you became a Reiki practitioner back in the early 1980s. And what happened was when I was time to become a Reiki master back then, it was a life commitment. And Phyllis said, you know, I would love you to be part of my lineage, but before you commit to this, you need to explore shamanism because your life has been so shamanic. What you've been through in the initiations that you've had just by the way you live are shamanic in nature. You need to know what that was. I didn't even know what shamanism was. What is it? Shamanism is the capacity to move between the worlds, to bring back power and healing for the benefit of your community. And to bring it back from where? Between the worlds. They're, so between shamans the are walkers between work, the physical, physical and spiritual and spirit. worlds and dimensions. And it's generally thought of to be only indigenous cultures what i've that have shamans and they still have them today and in siberia is where the word actually came from and those shamans their initiation their rite of passage was they would go insane and if they did not accept the call then they would go completely insane but if they did they would become the shamans. But it's a rigorous call. And the tribes all over the world have their rites and their initiations. Well, in our culture, they don't have rites for that. 
So those people who are spontaneously being initiated have nowhere to go. Many of them are put in insane asylums. Many of them, they, they, there's no way for them to understand what's happening to them. They have no guidance. And there's no guidance. Well, now there's lots of guidance mm -hmm. all over the planet. Yeah. But um, the indigenous are still the most respected. But what's happening is that as it bubbles through in the culture, um, you know, you look at the... I had one of my teachers tell me that the Grateful Dead followers were all those natives that had been massacred and came oh, back as long hairs and, started, and were following the Grateful Dead. So it's not surprising that there's a kind of a shamanic culture within that subculture. Right. And so that was, that's sort of my roots with it. But mm -hmm. then Egypt came along. And then you've spent a lot of time in Peru. And, and a lot of time in Peru. And the but, Yucatan, Mexico. And but what people don't realize is... And Hawaii. Yes. I have many, many strands that I hold. And what people don't realize, you started to say... Is that Egypt, the ancient culture of Egypt, was a shamanic culture. There's even a book by a, a man named Jeremy Nadler called... Uh, shamanic Wisdom in the Pyramid Texts. Can you spell his name for our listeners if they wanted to look that up? Nadler? Uh, Jeremy Nadler, N-A-Y-D-L-E-R. He's written okay. uh, another great book on Egypt called Temple of the Cosmos. But what he did is translate the Pyramid Text so that you realize that it wasn't just for dead people that those tombs that have those instructions are also the instructions for the pharaoh in his jubilee. If he's going to be a conscious pharaoh, he has to have direct con contact to divinity. And he has to go through, through the rites to sustain that direct contact. That's shamanic. I'm here with Nikki Scully. She's the co-author with her husband, Mark Hallard, of Planetary Healing. My name is Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. Scully. She's the 
co-author with Mark Hallard, her husband, Planetary Healing, Spirit Medicine for Global Transformation. Nikki, this whole book is about intelligent evolution. Uh, and one of the things that you use throughout the book, you talk about something called heart breath. So tell us, what is heart breath? Heart breath is a way of breathing that brings you into your heart so that you're perceiving from your heart. It's also nourishing you and you can use it to give back as well. So the idea is you draw your breath from the heart of the earth, pulling up all that vitality. At the same time, you're drawing it from the heart of the universe, bringing it down through your crown. So it's coming up your spine, down through your crown, meeting at your heart flame. Uh, and meanwhile, you're pouring love on your heart flame. So the alchemy that's happening when you breathe, you inhale, hold your breath, while the power and intelligence of earth and sky meet at your heart flame and mix with your love. And then when you exhale, if you exhale in every direction, you're going to nourish every cell in your own body as you're sending that radiance out. Or you can offer it. You can offer it back to the earth. You can offer it to the sky. You can offer it to the animal totem you want to invoke. You can offer it to um, your spirit guides to come and assist you. And when we do it in groups, in circles, and on our phone bridges that we're doing for planetary healing now, um, we connect our heart breath. So we connect our heart fires using the heart breath before every process. That way, we're combining our energies. We're like, we're like um, our trillion-celled body all functioning together in harmony. Well, however many of us who are on the phone bridge around the world um, are then connected at the heart. And the heart is the place of true intelligence and the perspective of intelligence in our body. The brain has a lot of functions, but the perspective from the heart is fully balanced and fully present. From that place, we connect to our highest self. And then we work from that place individually or together. And it seems to me that also our, from that place of the heart, our heart knows how we're connected with others. Our brain doesn't really uh, manifest that same knowingness, it seems to me, our mind or whatever, our ego. Well, we're acculturated not to work in symbiosis with nature. We're, we're you know, controlling nature than, rather than working with it. We're controlling each other than, rather than working with each other. And so if we're going to utilize the opportunity, now we're doing this interview in 2012, which is a tremendous opportunity for people to put their hearts and minds together. If all of the individuals join the circles and all the circles join, and we're all focusing on planetary healing and um, 
a quantum leap in consciousness that this uniting of minds and hearts can gives us this this tremendous opportunity for a quantum leap. Um, by the time we hit December 21st, or when all the minds are going to be focused, it's going to be a possibility. And those of us who are fully present will have more power than those who are in fear, because they're actually paralyzed. So together we can overcome the, the, the doomsday naysayers. And it doesn't even matter what you're saying. It doesn't even matter um, whether there is the predictions of Armageddon or the predictions of the Mayan calendar or anything. None of that is relevant to the idea that so many people are focused on it. And those of us who are focused on it with a positive heart, with a positive idea that we can come at this with intelligence and heal the planet, then that's where the magic happens. You saw this happen years ago. At the Harmonic Convergence. At something called the Harmonic yeah. Convergence. So tell us, what did you experience at that time? We shamanically observed as the sun rose around the planet and could feel the difference when it hit locations where populations were getting up at sunrise and doing something whatever we were doing at the time to um, harmonize, to find coherence, and to make something happen, even if we didn't know what it was. Well, we observed it uh, across Europe, then it would quiet it down across the Atlantic. You felt it hit New York, you felt it come across the country. As soon as it hit California, you could feel like a shift in gears in the inner dynamo of the planet something changed. Maybe it was a planetary DNA mutation. I don't know. But you could feel it if you were observing in that way. So 2012, let's say December so two, 2012 could be so much bigger. And it can be an antidote to the planetary uh, gasp that had <laughs> at 9-11. When 9-11 happened, there was, for a moment, uh, 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 an opening, and then it closed in total fear. Total fear. And then we were controlled because of we went into that fear. And we saw what happened. Well, this time, we have an event of our choosing. We are evolving we are co-creating our own evolution, whether or not we know it. So what we're moving towards in this book, this recipe book, is all these journeys to help us connect more deeply to our highest self and to the collective consciousness so we can work together to make conscious, intelligent changes in our DNA and in our planet's future. Nikki, Nikki I'm, I'm thinking of one of the journeys that you have, I have to speak of. It's about the volcano journal, journey, and I just think of us as spilling out 
of that cauldron, that volcano, and coming into this new place. It gives me hope. It makes me smile coming because it's like we're coming out of a volcano of fear. And that there is a journey in the book of purification by volcano, where we really clarify ourselves and burn off what we don't need anymore and consciously claim the direction that we want to go in. There's, I mean, there's healings for the waters. There's healings for adapting to, to um, the heavy metals and or transforming that. Actually, we, we use mushrooms as allies because they will soak up the heavy metals. And there, it's just, there's so many processes. And you advocate and you encourage us to join with others, like in circles, and do yes. it together. Yes, do it with your spouse, do it with your best friend. Join, a, create a weekly circle, and one person each week reads the journey for everybody else. And you, in, in your CD at the end of the book, the second cut on that CD is just pure music. So you can put on that part of the CD, that second cut, and you and have... do the journeys. And, read, and have one person read the journeys and do them together. And so I just want to make, I know we're short of time, and I want to make a point about how mutation works that everybody can relate to. So you know that the development of antibiotics changed our relationship with disease. Well, the microorganisms that were being killed by the antibiotics learned to mutate all over the world. The same germs were no longer um, killed by these antibiotics. And not only that, many of them have now learned to thrive on what was originally poison. So part of what we're trying to do here is bias time by learning how to adapt to the toxins, maybe thrive on the toxins that we've created while we're going through the process of turning this ship of fools around right? and cleaning up our act for our future so there's still some nature left for our children and our children's children. But we are going to evolve, we are going to mutate, or perhaps there'll be a die-off and we'll disappear. But it's up to us. We're in charge and we need to take responsibility for our part. One out of billions of people on this planet, when we put our hearts and minds together, we can make a difference. So Nikki, healing ourselves is really healing the planet. Yes, but don't wait till you think you're healed. Aha. Uh -huh. Because... We don't have that kind of time. We don't have that kind of time. Nikki, thank you so much for being with us today on New Dimensions. It is so my pleasure every time. I just so enjoy speaking with you in this way. Thank you. I enjoy having you. I've been speaking with Nikki Scully, and she's the co-author with her husband, Mark Hallert, of Planetary Healing, Spirit Medicine for Global Transformation. If you'd like to be in touch with her and her 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 uh, teleconferencing bridges and her podcasts, her books, CDs, go to shamanicjourneys.com. 
or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3439. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. For over four decades, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions. Thank you.